Hello, this is Jeffrey Harris back for the 411 Wrestling Interviews podcast. Today's date is Tuesday, April 16th. <coughs> Excuse me a little bit. So a little bit something different today. Uh, we've been seeing quite a bit of news on what is next for the new wrestling promotion, All Elite Wrestling. And news recently broke. Uh, excuse me. News recently broke about the future of All Elite Wrestling and where it could be heading in terms of TV and how this could really rock the TV wrestling landscape uh, in the coming year or so. So I'm speaking with Tony Maglio. He's a writer for the Wrap. Uh, Tony, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Jeffrey. Thanks for having me on. All right, appreciate it. So um, you wrote the article. Turner in advance talks with All Elite Wrestling for weekly show, and it looks like Turner is in talks with All Elite Wrestling, uh, also known as AEW, that would have a, a br basically bring a weekly wrestling TV show back to uh, Turner Networks uh, or TNT, which we have not seen since 2001, almost 20 years. So you wrote the article. And it appears this announcement might be made as early as May at the up at the uh, upfronts. This is when TV networks sort of announced their new and upcoming shows for the following season. So, how close this to, to get? Excuse me. How close do you think this deal is to getting made? Well, uh, we use the word advanced talks, which can mean anything from you know beyond preliminary to imminent. I would say somewhere, if we we're looking at this on like a, a, a graph, we're probably a little closer to imminent than anything else. Um, you know, some people believe that there's no doubt whatsoever that'll be uh, announced before the upfronts. I don't know that that's necessarily true. All I know is it would make way more sense for all the parties involved, especially Turner, um, that it would be announced by the upfronts, which for people who don't know, take place annually, annually in New York. Uh, they're ongoing, but Turner's turn isn't until, you know, maybe like May 10th or 12th or something uh, along uh, those lines. So if it's coming together, it's got a little less than a month to really come together here, and I suspect it will. Now, by comparison, I know you're plugged in very well source-wise with WWE. I recall last year, WWE uh, uh, in the, I think the NBC Universal upfronts, they, they announced that they renewed Raw, and I think around that time we also heard about the Fox uh, SmackDown deal, correct? Or am I missing? Yeah, that, that would make sense. So it's the reason. It's funny, I actually, I broke the Fox SmackDown news and I oh, wow. don't exactly remember when I did that. Um, but it would make sense because, yes, of course, if, if, if USA was keeping SmackDown as well, um, that would be something that they'd want to highlight to the advertisers, I, um, which is one thing they certainly will do at the NBCU upfront this year. And Fox will absolutely do at its Fox upfront this year now with SmackDown. Up I get I definitely remember Ronda Rousey was at the NBCU up front, and I think that was when USA announced that they were keeping Raw on, but I believe that was around the time they announced the move for SmackDown. So this is pretty insane. Do you think TNT, TBS, the Turner family of networks, do you think they're in a place right now where they would be okay with having wrestling back on, professional wrestling? I think so. It's funny that you mentioned the 20 years. I haven't actually thought about it being that long, but of course it is damn near that long. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, live sports, live TV is the most valuable property TV channels can have. And if, you know, these, these bundles that we talk about, um, which basically means your cable package, you know, Turner has a couple of channels and they have to continue to justify you paying for their couple of channels. And, you know, uh, Raw and SmackDown on USA are two of the top-rated shows every single week. Uh, SmackDown will be very big when it moves to a broadcast network, which is higher rated than cable next year, although it is moving from Tuesday to Friday, which is lower viewing levels. But to compete, yeah, you need, you know, Turner, Turner, they, Turner has the NBA. They have some baseball, obviously. They know how important, how valuable live sports are. And since they're not getting SmackDown and they're not getting the UFC, uh, finding the next best thing 
considering USA Network is TNT's number one competitor, and we're talking about this probably going to TNT, uh, makes not only all the sense in the world, it's probably pretty necessary to continue to compete going forward. Now, just from my standpoint, being a fan who's watched uh, a multitude of wrestling products for years, having watched the Monday Night Wars unfold across uh, TNT, TBS, USA, and what have you, do you think the people, the brain trust who are in charge of TNT right now, do you think they have the proper mindset and wherewithal to work with a wrestling product? Because I think, I think fan, fans w- would be concerned with TNT because of the way things ended with WCW, where mm-hmm. they couldn't get rid of wrestling fast enough. And, you know, there were... I mean, that was a long time ago, and I'm sure it's not mm-hmm. the same people there anymore, but what do you think? Well, you know... We've all heard stories. Eric Bischoff specifically has talked a lot about Ted Turner stories. Ted Turner's not doing anything now. You know, he's not a part of it. Put it this way. There's no decision coming out from Ted Turner. So uh, you eliminate the Ted Turner aspect of this. And and there is some fresh blood there. There is, you know, some hipper uh, programming executives, I think, at at the Turner channels. And they're obviously got, you know, massive amounts of money uh, at their disposal, thanks to AT&T being the, their new parent company. Um, I think you should always be. I think wrestling fans, we're, you know, I'm a wrestling fan. We're a very specific people. And I think we should always be a little concerned when giant corporations get involved, especially when we're talking about AEW. The reason why everybody's excited about AEW is it's not a giant corporation. It's an independent startup by, you know, some hip, cool, young, you know, independent, whether they like that word or not, wrestlers. So, yeah, sure, uh, let's be concerned, um, but let's also be realistic. The reason ECW failed is because, you know, Paul Heyman has said this a lot of times, it didn't have distribution. Um, You need distribution, and distribution means television. So, look, I'm not a big TNT fan. I don't really watch their dramas or anything like that, but TNT is a massive platform owned by an even more massive company, and they have the ability to deliver to everyone from where I am in New Jersey to you on the West Coast. They have, you know, the platform to deliver a weekly wrestling show. So be nervous. Okay. But uh, be glad that you have the option, you know, to get it. And right now it's, you know, it's not a, you don't have to pay for a streaming service, which who knows what might happen in the future of the WWE Network. Um, so yeah, anyway, all that said, which is a very long run up to this. Yeah, I know TNT and Turner has a history with wrestling, some good and some bad, but there aren't that many platforms that have the money and the distribution that can bring us, you know, all elite wrestling, which we've seen very little. So let's see how it plays out. It's just when I first heard about all elite wrestling and what they're doing, I think having a TV distribution plan like this would make it a lot more real to me, if that makes any sense. It does. Now, based on what you've researched and heard, where do you think this is going going to fall in terms of, a, will it be a weekly live two-hour show, or do you think it'll be taped? Um, what are you hearing? I have to imagine it will be live. Um, the hours make sense. I don't think anyone's doing three hours other than Raw. You know, I don't know if a one-hour show to start makes more sense for AEW from content. You know, from a content standpoint, they have some people who are used to writing wrestling TV. Um, but you know, look, they got to pay. They're going to have to pay for their airtime. So, uh, and they're unproven. You know, as excited as people are, they have cool T-shirts and a cool roster, and you know, whatever. But they're unproven. Let's be realistic. So. Uh, that's why when we say weekly, look, you kind of need weekly because you kind of need continuity and storylines and a a regular time slot. Now, people I've spoken to have said to me, yeah, we want it weekly. Um, but that doesn't mean 52 weeks a year. And, you know, even people on the network side have said that to me, which is, you know, probably and possibly a good thing for AEW from a mission standpoint in terms of, you know, not beating the hell out of their talent and, you know, the, the, the wear and tear that one's body takes for 52 weeks of TV wrestling. Um, 
But that said, an offseason makes people forget. And an offseason allows your competition to get a leg up on you. So should it be weekly? Yes, of course it should be weekly. Uh, I think it should be every week. I don't know if they're ready to be every week. So, you know, they I believe AEW has said they're not going to do live shows that are untelevised, assuming they get a television deal, you know, aside from their pay-per-views. Um, so maybe that's the way that they'll keep the wear and tear down on their talent's bodies and on their talent's, you know, appearances. Uh, but we'll see. I think, I think an off season sounds great. I think it's unrealistic. You're doing a good job here because now you're getting ahead of me and almost <laughs> answering my next questions I'm going to ask you, but you kind of addressed it a little bit. So you talked about, you mentioned a little bit of an off season in your article. You said it is possible that the AEW series would not be year round. That would likely be a combination of the newness of the league and its desire to be more wrestler friendly than rival WWE, which has a punishing schedule for talent. Now, that can I, I cannot agree with you more uh, on that, because I think when you look at talents that are getting injured now, I think the WWE roster, in my opinion, is way overworked, and you have two shows. You have Raw and SmackDown, and, and, and you do have NXT and 205 Live, but... Raw and SmackDown, they're both running house show tours like concurrent with each other. Mm -hmm. And when you look at that, I mean, it's no wonder guys are getting hurt so much and, and having to sit on the shelf or having their careers shortened. So what, what do you, th or I guess, what makes you believe that this could be a factor for AEW? Well, look, I mean, Cody and the Young Bucks are wrestlers, right? I mean, right. Even Brand Brandy is, I guess, a wrestler, um, you know, or at least has, has the experience as one. They are, the whole purpose behind AEW in the beginning seems to be uh, we want to treat wrestlers better. We want to be more wrestler friendly. We don't want to be a big corporation. Although, of course, they are bankrolled by billionaires. Um, but... Look, they are the faces of the company. They are legitimate executives in the company, Cody and the Bucks. This is um, so they get it. You know, anytime someone is running the show, you know, a player is running the team, it's going to be much more player friendly. You know, anytime a coach is running the team, and that co coach also happens to be a chairman and a billionaire, it's going to be more you know shareholder friendly. Um, AEW is not publicly traded. They only have to answer to the cons currently and you know, then whoever has their TV deal. So it strikes me that one of the main uh, motivations behind forming AEW is to just make the boys you know, and the girls be. Uh, of course, it's a business, and they will realize that soon if they haven't realized it enough. One way. To not make the boy, you know, one way to make the boys happy is not have them on the road 350 days a year. I think uh, not to tack on live shows on top of TV shows. It's funny that what you say about the WWE roster, which I agree with you. I think they're too beat up, and I think they're overworked. But at the very same time, my opinion of the WWE roster is it's also too large. So mm. it's it's this weird combination. So WWE as a publicly traded company has shareholders to answer to, right? Right. And thing they care about, which means the only thing the board of directors at WWE cares about is their fiduciary duties to shareholders, meaning we have to make the most money possible uh, for our stockholders. And so by in doing that, what they have to do, especially as TV ratings decline, although of course we see they are making humongous amounts of money uh, in TV contracts, they have to sell live shows, they have to sell merch, and they have to sell merch at those live shows. So they kind of have no choice unless they're willing to make the company smaller than to put on as many shows as humanly possible and earn as much revenue as humanly possible. AEW wants to buck that and they can buck that because they don't have stockholders. One day they may become, you know, if they actually become as successful as many fans hope and as AEW probably hopes, things will have to change and it may become more of a business uh, than it currently is in its infancy stages. But, you know, because of that, I think AEW does have the option to not do live shows other than TV and to possibly even have an offseason. I don't think personally that it's realistic if they ever actually want to compete with WWE. 
but we're nowhere near there yet. Now, I think those are good points, but Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer did state in response to your report here that the idea that they might not be year-round or could have an off-season is not accurate. Do you have a response to that? Well, look, Dave's the best at what he does. I'm, I'm not going to say anything badly bad about Dave. He's he's very well-sourced, and he may very well be right. I can only really report what my sources tell me. And again, uh, nothing is signed. There is no signed deal here. So anything could change. Um, I think... Dave's, I think Dave's response to this makes more sense if if this sounds right than my reporting because as I've been saying on this podcast in this interview, as a former businessman myself, I don't think an off season works. I don't think you can actually compete with WWE and have an off season. So I can only report what my sources tell me. Uh, right now they say it's possible because those are things that are being discussed, but I don't think it makes sense for Turner and I don't think it makes sense for AEW as a business to have an off season, but is it possible? Yeah, they say it's possible. Well, um, do you know Jonathan Solomon in his podcast? He made a good, I know. I know. He, he made a good point on this topic where if you're a network and you want a live, pro, you know, wrestling product, you want a product that can give you live new content 52 weeks a year ideally right and that's mm-hmm. and that's the attraction that say fox has with smackdown live mm-hmm. is with a wrestling wrestling product generally it's it's 365 days a year it's new new content every week game of thrones one of the hottest shows on tv you can't get that with game of thrones right right it's 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 a little more limited so mm-hmm. I guess that's that's the perspective where I I guess I see where you're saying from a business standpoint, you want to have a weekly show every week, 52 weeks out of the year, correct? Well, you have to. I mean, look, it, sports is different than Game of Thrones, than entertainment. Right. Sports entertainment is different than sports. I mean, football can have an offseason, and football is so punishing that, of course, it needs an offseason. Even basketball, you know, it's so punishing. Of course, it needs an offseason. While, you know, wrestling is incredibly physical, and especially the travel can hurt these, they can wear on their bodies so much, you know, much of it is planned out, much of it is scripted, it is kind of a controlled chaos that you don't get in other sports, right? And also, you know, you can, writers in a room can kind of determine how much an individual is being used or not. But of course, we've also discussed injuries and lots of injuries happen. So yes, you know, you need a large enough roster to do 52 weeks a year. But I don't mean that um, necessarily, like, that the, the television network needs 52 weeks a year. That I don't necessarily believe. They want it, of course, because it's guaranteed live viewing and it's almost guaranteed ratings. Look at Raw and SmackDown. We talk about their ratings being down. They still beat the hell out of everything not called The Walking Dead on cable. you know, And, and, and they're right up there with a heck of a lot of broadcast TV shows, too, in terms of Nielsen ratings. Um, but what ends up happening is... If you have a storyline product like WWE is, like WCW was, uh, you need that continuity or else people forget. People will, if WCW, you know, for example, had an offseason midway through the Monday Night Wars, guess who would have been the clear victor? It would have been WWE, right? It wouldn't have even been a war. It would have just been a temporary situation. So networks are used to having seasons. The traditional TV season is still September to May. We have original programming in the summer, but Game of Thrones is only seven weeks or something this year. So they're used to having much less than 52 weeks of consistent programming. But the league itself, for the sake of fans, I personally believe, and it sounds like Meltzer believes and other people believe, they do need that full 52 weeks. They need to not go away. Now, I'm a little bit curious. Is there ever any concern that when there's an article like this, could it jinx the deal and possibly cause the deal to fall apart? Uh, on my end, I don't really care because as a reporter, right. I just have to report the news. On, on the ends of AEW and Turner, they could do one of two things, right? They could either use 
myself or, or Meltzer or any of these other reporters uh, as a bargaining tool, which I'm not foolish enough to believe does not happen. Uh, or they could look at it as it could be problematic and could make the deal fall apart. Um, you never know what, which way shining a light on something could go. It also could theoretically have no impact whatsoever. It could be a virtually done, virtually imminent deal that I'm just writing about on the website that employs me, right? Um, so for me, like I said, uh, the wrestling fan in me, I want AEW to have a weekly right. show. Uh, the reporter in me, eh, I, I never want to screw anybody you know, out of a job. I never want to hurt anybody's chances of getting a nice big fat contract, but eh, it's my job. So uh, y- y- we'll see how it shakes out. But in this case, I don't, you know, in this specific case, I don't think there's anything particularly um, damning in the reports that I, either I've written or I've seen that should impact anything one way or the other. It just might raise more awareness and maybe make more money. Uh, not for me, but for somebody now, else. Now, that's the other thing. Is it a way of... Do, do you see these these things, these, this information getting out as a way to raise awareness from there on? I mean, look, I... You know, not to keep bringing up Meltzer, but since you brought him up, like, what they do, or like, you know, Ryan Satin, who, who I just met at WrestleMania, who I like, what a, a lot of other wrestling reporters that do a very nice job of... A lot of them write for blogs, and, you know, the the term dirt sheets, which I guess some people use in a poor way. I don't. Uh, these guys do wonderful jobs. They do an amazing job. Uh, I'm a reporter at, uh, I run the TV side of a Hollywood trade magazine. So I have a lot more uh, of a need to kind of uh, go by the rules of just general journalism in other words, I can't report rumors and backstage stuff, you know, unless I kind of have it really nailed down and really well sourced and that sort of thing. So it, what I'm saying is they some of these wrestling blogs have a much better uh, they have a much easier time or a much better chance to get some of the I don't know, the TikToky stuff out there than I do. So in terms of bringing attention to them, I guess what I bring to the table is maybe a different reader. My reader is, while the internet and Twitter and everything has changed everything, my reader is technically supposed to be like someone who is interested in the business of Hollywood. Uh, and in my specific case, the interest, the biz- their interest lies in the business of television. So m- what I'm possibly bringing awareness to is to that side, not necessarily the wrestling fan. Um, so all that said, I'm not saying one is better or worse. Uh, it just might be, it might not be a humongous audience for this. I have no idea, frankly, uh, for this particular article. Um, but it may be a different kind of audience member that hasn't been exposed to, uh, a lot of the wrestling Twitter that you and I love so much. Now, I think it's very exciting because when I see a story like this on the wrap, which you you don't really often see, I think... What's exciting is when I see a story like in a Hollywood trade like this, mm-hmm. it makes me think it's it's definitely there's definitely something there. Something is definitely going on. Um, generally, you know, I hear rumors all the time on clickbait websites or whatever, or just random Twitter people. But when I see it on, let's say, the Wrap, or I see it on Deadline, Variety, Hollywood Reporter, etc., I think there's okay. So negotiations are happening, contracts are being written, it's definitely in that stage. So that's why I got so excited when I saw your report. Well, I appreciate that. And, and again, it, I don't mean to make it sound as if my audience is more savvy than, you know, like you mentioned, the blogs uh, or, or, or whatever. Uh, those those guys, I mean, look, uh, you talk Meltzer, you talk Slice Wrestling is one of the best sourced people right. that know that works in the business and I, I love those guys I, I read them regularly I'm you know friends with slice uh, for example but um, yeah it is it is a different we have different kinds of sources because we serve a different kind of industry believe me I get frustrated when uh, you know those guys uh, or you know wrestling sheet or whatever when they scoop me on on, on storyline or contracts <laughs> or this and that 
as a fan, I get geeked out about that stuff. I get very excited about that stuff. It's just kind of not my job so much um, to write about that because my sources are, look, I know the AEW people, um, but, you know, let's also be frank. Like, I'm a TV reporter. You could you could often probably draw a line between maybe which side I might be better sourced on when, when a TV network might be involved. Now, this whole Bleacher Report Live thing, is this is this a real serious, I guess, platform for Turner, for Turner Broadcasting to make Bleacher Report into like a streaming content destination? It's a great question. I really don't know the answer because they put a very big spotlight on Bleacher Report Live for the Tiger Woods Phil, Phil Mickelson pay per view. Um, hmm. Unfortunately. Uh, they kind of blew that a little bit, at least the money-making part of it. Um, so it sounds to me like they are very invested in the tech and making it work and making it a destination, um, but they're probably not quite there yet in terms of its you know, user compatibility and everything. Um, but that said, it's 2019, and you need to have multiple platforms for all of your very pricey sports rights. Now, I don't know that AEW will be, it's not going to be a deal mm -hmm. like WWE or, or UFC, but you got to supplement with these kinds of streaming platforms. Who knows what it'll eventually turn into? But, you know, even WWE played around with Facebook Watch with its Mixed Match Challenge, and that's what everybody's doing. I, They're trying I mean, to kind of figure out where they can play. I, agree, on I agree with that. In 2019, you need to have you need to have some sort of streaming content. Some, you need to have some sort of streaming channel. I just don't know about Bleacher Report Live, you know? Yeah. it's Look, it's a known... Bleacher Report is a known destination for sports, uh, and that's a starting point, I suppose. Uh, but even WWE Network, which I, I think does a pretty good job, they haven't really utilized WWE Network as much as I would have predicted a few years ago they would have by now. Hmm. So I don't necessarily think anything that can exist on cable TV, like an Oli Wrestling Weekly show, uh, I don't suspect that's going to migrate to hmm. a Bleacher Report Live, uh, at least not anytime soon. But I think everybody's just kind of setting themselves up for the future I, because who the hell knows? I just think if you want streaming, I, I think you need to... Re rebrand Bleacher Report into something else. Like, I just... Not, nothing against against Bleacher Report, and I know it, it is a Turner property. I just think it's not... It's not what I think I want to use when I want to, I guess, do streaming sports. I mean, with with ESPN and ESPN Plus, it's a, it's a different matter altogether. Right. Um, and when I heard what you said about the Tiger Woods thing, it's just... I don't know, it's... When I hear Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, like I'm like, okay, I get it. Mm -hmm. But Bleacher Report Live, I'm just like, all right. Look, brand, I branding is important, right? Right, Tony. I mean, it's a it's a big deal, and I'm just not sure if Bleacher Report Live is the right brand for how they want to have their streaming content. But that's just my opinion. Well, I mean, the other thing to talk about is you know Turner and. Is, is, is part of Warner Media now. And Warner right. Media is uh, setting up its own, you know, Disney Plus-esque streaming platform. And we do not know what the future of that will look like. I, I believe that would be a much better destination for, you know, rights that are anything more than what you and I would talk about as like spillover, like nice little supportive shows or whatever. But, you know, if, let's say, AEW was ever going to go streaming and Turner owned it, we might probably well be talking about the Warner Media streaming platform over Bleacher Report Live, but that hasn't launched yet. And and I think right now we're all still kind of figuring it out. I mean, Disney Plus just had its, you know, just debuted, not that it launched, but it debuted its platform the other day. And they own the vast majority at this point of Hulu. They own, you know, ESPN Plus, obviously. So I personally think everyone is just kind of setting themselves up for the future because no one really knows what that's going to look like. No one really knows if TV is going to be called, you know, become, if you like HBO and Netflix and this and that, that's all you get. You know, if cord cutting is going to continue and where it ends, 
no one has any idea. We know streaming is only growing. So right now it sounds like they're probably just keeping all possibilities open. Now, just to kind of go over to the WWE thing a little bit, uh, right before WrestleMania weekend, John Oliver had that sort of scathing piece about WWE and how the workers are treated, being classified as independent contractors, when really, they, when, they, when they don't get health care, they have to pay for their all their own travels expenses other than airfare. Has that period sort of, uh, did WWE manage that okay, and has that basically blown over for them at this point? Because it kind of seems that way to me. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with you. I mean, I think WWE handled it well by releasing a statement, inviting him, and then Triple H was on Fox Sports 1, and he kind of, he didn't talk about Oliver, I don't believe, but, you know, he, he, he opened with how the wellness policy has been updated and changed, and so on and so forth. And, you know, look, the other part of 2019 is that we move on pretty quickly from like big, enormous stories that we all latch on to. So that was a story for a couple of days of WrestleMania week. I tried finding out if Oliver was going to take them up on their offer. I'm guessing either he didn't uh, or if he did, it's you know being uh, hidden for some sort of future content, future programming. But it sounds like he probably did not. Uh, so yeah, I think WWE handled that about as well as they can because the, the, look, do I want all of my favorite wrestlers to be taken care of better? Yeah, of course I do. But all of these things come with a cost and, you know, not to, not to take like the evil Mr. McMahon side of things, the history of the independent contractor is such a instilled tradition in wrestling and they're not making what I make. You know, the top guys are making millions of dollars. So does it suck that they have to pay for their own insurance and set up their own retirement account? Yes, of course it does. But they know what they're getting into when they sign these contracts. So as long as the contracts reflect the cost of uh, taking care of your health and your family and whatever it is, then I think that's okay. So I understand what Oliver did. I think he did a great job of it. Uh, I think we would all appreciate, um, you know, maybe even a few more improvements to a WWE's wellness policy. But I also, you know, the seriousness with which they took Daniel Bryan's injury, for example. Uh, you know, I talked to him a few times. He was incredibly frustrated that they would not take a risk and I let mean, him rest. He was out of so, the ring for three years. Yeah, I mean, so I think Oliver did not give, and I think John Oliver is amazing, but I don't think he gave WWE's wellness policy enough credit for coming a long way on a lot of things. And this, the second part of that that's worth mentioning is I believe somebody asked AEW, hey, this John Oliver thing really makes some good points. Are you going to have your wrestlers be employees? And that was an opportunity for them to say, yes, this is how wrestler friendly we are, that everyone who works here gets health benefits gets retirement benefits okay okay so so you're hearing everyone is getting health benefits no 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 no. Oh. what i'm saying is i believe somebody they were asked about that in my understanding i didn't do reporting okay. on this myself but my understanding is that they kind of walked away from that oh. opportunity and, and they're basically those wrestlers who are executives uh like the top guys like you know probably even up down to kenny omega uh, will be employees and will get health benefits. Well, uh, something tells me even AEW is not going to want to take the opposite side of this, and they and they they would stick with the independent contractor model, not for the not for like the Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks, but for sure. the you know the other the other talent they'll have contracted. Look, I work for a small company. It's right. a very expensive undertaking you know yeah. yeah you want to plant your flag in the ground and be the wrestler friendly promotion that'd be wonderful and i would applaud the heck out of them if they did but it's a business they don't even have a tv contract yet they've done one pay-per-view it's a very expensive and they have a growing roster it would be not cheap to to cover these guys right. these guys are are they they work in a dangerous profession? It's it'd be well, quite a bit. Buck that well, track. here's my whole perspective on this, and I think the Oliver 
story made a lot of great points, but it's I feel the same way about UFC and MMA fighters. If they want these changes, and if they feel that they they are owed these changes, they have to make it happen for themselves. Hmm. WWE is not going to do it for them. Technically, they have no obligation to do it for them. They have to do it. Um, And the the fans cannot do it. Look, I'm a huge wrestling fan, and I want these guys to have... I want them to to live long, comfortable lives, and I want them to have health insurance, preferably p- paid for by the WWE. But I cannot. I, I disagree with John Oliver that the fans have to cheer, or make noise to make that happen. The wrestlers have to do that, and it has to happen at the highest levels. It has to happen from John Cena, Roman Reigns on down. It can't be. Um, and it has to be unified if they want those changes. If they were to want a wrestling union, they have to unionize. They can't expect w- WWE is not going to create a union for them. They would have to do it themselves. I agree with you. And I, who's the last guy that really tried publicly? Well, I think it was Jesse Ventura. And I, right. I believe the story goes that Hulk Hogan maybe dimed him out on that. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, but, you're right. But, but apparently, I, I don't know if this is true, but apparently Jesse, Vin, after that happened, Jesse, Vin, after he, he found out he was ratted out, Jesse Ventura's, I'm not going to, I'm not going to even talk about this again, because if these guys aren't going to stand up for themselves and, and try to get a union, they don't deserve it, basically. Well, it's tricky. You talk about John Cena and Roman Reigns, and I do agree with you completely. It would have to be pretty much those guys. Those guys are making so much money that they're fine. They don't need health insurance paid for by their employer. Would they prefer it? Of course they would prefer prefer it. Everyone would. But, you know, the, the ones you got to worry about are, I don't know, Heath Slater or whoever doesn't appear on TV, right? I mean, that's, yeah, I think of him because of the I Got Kids, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you, you know, there is that. But these guys are so... You know, at some point, yes, uh, people become jaded, everything becomes a job, but they're also still so lucky to be there, and they know that, and they are, for the most part, you know, replaceable. And unfortunately, you make enough noise, maybe what happens, uh, you know, in the past with like a Jesse Ventura happens again. But yes, I I do agree with you. I do do believe it would have to be the top guys putting their foot down, and I think Triple H... Probably but more than anything, they would have them, the UFC fighters, you know, who feel they're they're not getting a fair shake. They have to do it. Mm-hmm. It can't it can't be the fans making noise. the The fighters, the wrestlers, they have to do it and make it happen. They have to make it happen for themselves if that's what they want. Ultimately, I don't know, but that that's just my opinion on it. I don't think, I don't know, I don't see it happen anytime happening anytime soon but i to me in my opinion that's what it would take uh for there to be a change i agree and, and you'll you you'll notice if you watch back i noticed this when i watched that first oliver is really 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 good at calls to action at the end of his lengthy clips right he did call for action but it was very subdued even for him he did mm-hmm. not recommend specific chance he did not recommend specific signages i don't remember the exact wording but even he said something like maybe you want to not do this or maybe like you know he was he was a little bit cagey about it almost like he knew the air quotes wwe universe was not going to roll this way and so he didn't want to set himself up to hmm. uh not look like he had influence um so i think he i, I do think he's a fan and i think he was kind of hedging himself because I think he's probably smart enough to know that that's not really what well, it'll take. I think what it'll that, take is Triple H succeeding Vince McMahon and some of Triple H's still active buddies being like, hey, come on, buddy, we really need I, I think the one thing WWE could have done a little differently is, you know, they said they had a point-by-point response to him. I would have, I would have liked to have seen what the point-by-point response was rather than just reading, hey, we invited him to come out to WrestleMania, blah, blah, blah. I would have liked, if they had point-by-point response to each, to everything in a segment, I would have liked to have seen that. 
That's a great point. WWE is really, really smart. Their PR guys are, are, are really smart at staying quiet. You know, as, as much as you and I would have liked mm. to have seen it, it might have, it might weaken their position. Yeah, um, interesting. Um, so, uh, and I guess uh, to continue on, how radical do you think this deal is for SmackDown on Fox? And does this make SmackDown the A show going forward? You know, it's interesting. Um, a lot of fans have preferred SmackDown over Raw for a while. I don't really honestly see that much of a difference. Mm. I, like, I am aware of the differences. Of course, obviously, the wrestlers are different. The time, uh, cutoff time is different. Uh, I get it. I get that SmackDown is a little bit more of a fun show. Um, will it become the A show is a great question. I, I don't necessarily think so because Raw is just so long running and frankly it's a better name it's a better brand it's a better color it is better history it generally has better wrestlers although we're starting to see in the superstar shakeup that they're moving a lot of key names to smackdown for fox what what smackdown has going for it is it'll be on broadcast and broadcast even fox is generally uh, has better tune-in levels than USA Network or any cable channel. USA Network does very well uh, on cable. But Friday night is still Friday night. It's not a great TV night. It's date night. It's going out night. It's whatever. Um, so I don't think I don't think it's a B show anymore. I know that's how we, they used to they used to kind of program it, and we used to look at it, and they even use the terminology kind of in a tongue-in-cheek way. Um, but I don't, I don't believe it'll overtake, it'll overtake Raw. If it stayed on Tuesdays, maybe, but it's basically just like replacing a Tim Allen sitcom on a Friday. Um, so no, I still have them lined up as Raw being one and SmackDown being two. Now is, there's also the perception that Fox Sports, Fox could have an influence where the SmackDown product might be a little more sports than sports entertainment going forward do you think that's possible that's an interesting take and i've never really given that much thought um i know they want as much spillover content as is humanly possible you know they recently announced they're going to launch a studio show on fs1 um but yeah they, they certainly plan to treat it in terms of a broadcast as being more sportsy and i'm guessing that will be reflected in the play-by-play and the presentation um, you know, it may look a little bit like Fox NFL Sunday, uh, a little bit more than it looks like Raw. But I don't think Vince is giving up so much control that it won't still be completely his baby and completely his vision. And, you know, nobody's got more of a stranglehold over this business in history than, than the McMahon family has. So I don't think he's going to let it stray too much into sports and away from storylines. Because we see other wrestling shows that are much less storyline. And look, whether we like the storylines or we don't like the storylines, they really are a humongous part of the success story of WWE. Now, the other thing I think that has been great about All Elite Wrestling, and this is another just opinion or view I've developed, I think it might be temporary, but it just seems like the guys actually have some leverage now. Because now, it, now there's an option where wrestlers and talent might have another big organization they can go to that might have might have good TV exposure going forward in the coming months. We'll see. But I think that's a good thing because that was that's just sort of been the issue after WCW went under is that WWE was really the only game in town, and and now it. At least temporarily, that doesn't seem to be the case, and I think that's good for the men and women of this business. Yeah, it's a look. It's always good for the you know I know they're not employees, but for let's call them for the employees to have more employers to go to. You know, it's right. a, it's a real estate rule. It's a seller's market versus a buyer's market. And uh, right now, I mean, WWE being the only game in town. You really do have to, uh, you know, kind of mind your P's and Q's and and maybe not speak up too much. You know, there are a handful of guys, Brock Lesnar, for example, that can kind of do whatever they want. And then there are other people that, you know, they cross a line that might not even be so terrible. We'll never hear from them again. So 
it's always good when we have more stateside options for the talent to explore. That said, you know, there are two things about AEW to me in its uh, position in independent wrestling. Number one, we have it as being this great hope to compete against WWE. It is so unproven and so comparatively small that if we put too much pressure on it, if Cody and the guys put too much pressure on themselves, it may be gone before we know it. Um, so a lot of people are, you know, jumping, a lot of fans and writers are jumping to the conclusion that it can compete with WWE. I absolutely do not think it can compete with well, WWE in a few years, maybe. Um, but it's nowhere near that now. It's a pie in the sky pipe dream. It's wonderful. It makes us all happy. And let's see how it goes. Um, but number two, there have been other options. You know, obviously the Ring of Honors. And I think it's a nostalgia thing, partly. Because. For, nostalgia for who exactly? I for, think for the Monday Night Wars, really. People mm-hmm. are desperate to see that again, I think. Because in many ways, that was one of the hottest periods of the business. And I think people want to see that again i think i think so too and i agree with you um i just think what i want to see isn't necessarily what we're gonna see for a very long time if ever i also don't know that anyone will ever want to go head to head with wwe again it's a it's a completely different time i I just want something you know new and fresh on tv basically Mm -hmm. you know and i think aew could be that and i think to have an to have new wrestling on a major network and to have guys I like, guys like Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, to get to be on TV. Uh, A TV network that's very accessible every week I think is fantastic. So I'm thinking about it from that more so than, man, I really want someone to stick it to Vince McMahon. Right. Right. And I think a lot of fans are maybe uh, a little bit more towards the middle on those two things. Um, But yeah, of course we want to see more wrestling content. I'm a little confused. I don't have a good answer to a question you didn't ask of um, why nobody else has been able to get a Turner-type deal Mm. and return it. I don't know why. I I don't know why the Ring of Honors of the world in New Japan has a time zone issue. So at least that makes sense to me. Um, I don't know why we haven't had a real, true competitor for a while. You know, there has TV has been here for a long time. Cable TV has been here for a long time. Yes, live sports are now, live programming, I should say, is now way more valuable than it used to be. But I'm not sure why it's taken this long. So I wish the boys all the best. I would love to see a head-to-head real competition like I don't want to make it sound like I'm not into that. I just think um, you not only are putting, not you personally, uh, the the royal you wrestling fan could be putting the cart before the horse if they think that's going to happen in 2019 or in 2020. I I would be stuck. Is is Vince McMahon intimidated or, or is this not even a blip on his radar, you think? You know, it's funny. I think most people would say he's not, it's not a blip on his radar. Um, but maybe that might be a, a, a public pride persona and also posturing he has to do for shareholders. Uh, frankly, the guy is so busy. The guy is so successful. The guy is so rich. I would imagine it's something like, hey, let's keep an eye on these guys uh, because they're getting some of our talent. Uh, but beyond that, I don't think he's going to have to start doing things to, to bury them. I yeah. think right now the onus is on AEW. Uh, you know, and what the elite has done very well, kind of mocking WWE more so than than Vince needs to pay attention to that. Would would it anger Vince McMahon if this TNT deal turns, you know, becomes official? Would that make him angry? You think? Um, yeah. I mean, I think it would make him. Um, I think it would make him angry. I don't know about that because it's not like Turner is involved with wwe currently right so probably not angry it won't be anywhere near the billions of dollars wwe is getting for tv it it won't even be you know they'll be buying their tv time essentially in all likelihood so oh that's another aspect so in this deal would would there be a revenue split or or would it be aew paying for its time essentially 
My understanding, based on what I spoke, the people I've spoken to, is it would be more AEW paying for its time Mm. than TNT than Turner paying AEW for its show. Um, I do have, you know, another uh, very good wrestling reporter uh, and I had been talking about whether or not, uh, whether that would be the case or whether it would be a revenue share. And, you know, we've both heard rumblings and have talked to people about, you know, maybe uh, a couple of months ago, it might have been a little bit of a different story. But the truth is, when you're talking with Turner, you know, a very established, very well off uh, company inside of a gigantic parent company, I don't think they... It's not the UFC. It's not WWE. It's not MLB. You know, they have MLB. They have NBA. They know what they have to pay for. And I think currently AEW has way more to prove uh, than Turner has in, you know, in in terms of like trying to, uh, you know, get them to come to their networks. I think AEW needs this deal more than Turner does. And I think Turner knows that. I I guess that... That is a concern for me because I think that that is what basically what TNA was doing. I think when they were briefly on Fox Sports, is they were I believe they were paying for that time, and uh, you know I don't want them. I mean I mean you have to build up a promotion, and but I I hope you know it's not a situation of AEW being a money pit or or whatever for a few years until it gets you know, gets really gets going. You know what I mean? Right. That's a tricky standpoint. And that's yeah. why I'm, I've been cautious right. about, about AEW in general, not because I don't like the, the people involved, not because I don't think they have a cool, you know, cool merch, not because I don't want to see uh, somebody rise up and challenge WWE, but because there is so much to do, so much to prove. I mean, the ECW couldn't get distribution, you know? WCW had its problems on Turner. AEW, as far as I know, you know, they're having their second show next month, right? Like, they are so young. They're very talented wrestlers, but this now it's big boy time. Now it's business time. And things get very different when you start talking about advertisers and airtime and, you know, those sorts of negotiations and the, the business aspects of it. It's cool, you have guys who could write some content, cool, you have guys who could do some moves, and cool, you have a nice t-shirt, um, but there's just, they know, they're not dumb, they know there's so much more to it than that, but right now, jumping at TV, even though they probably do need it to survive, is a risky move. Uh, okay, so I, I think uh, that's about all the time we have for today. Uh, Tony, thank you so much. To, just really quick, are there any final thoughts or any? Or is there anything you wanted to get across just before we wrap it up here? No, Jeffrey. Uh, look, man, I'm a reporter. Uh, you ask great questions. So <laughs> I can tell you this has been a great interview. It's been my pleasure. And uh, I'd be happy to come back anytime. All right. And um, is, there, is there anything you'd like to plug or, or where people can check you out online or social media or anything you'd like to share? Oh, sure. I guess since I'm doing this on company time, uh, let me plug the rap.com where Hollywood trade. Uh, and uh, on Twitter, I am at Tony Maglio. Uh, Tony, this has been fantastic. I really appreciate all your time today. Uh, I, I, you know, thanks for covering this topic, first of all, because I think it's it's just very exciting to see it on the wrap of all things. And uh, I'm, I'm very I'll be very I'm going to be looking at this situation very closely uh, and where things go from here uh, for All Elite Wrestling. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. The pleasure's mine. Thank you, and have a great day, sir. Bye-bye. You too.